Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to talk politics. It's Hardline on WBEN. Now WBEN's David Bellavia. It's Sunday, so that means it is Hardline. Welcome to uh, another edition. We've got Dr. Jacob Nyheisel here from the University Morning. of Buffalo, Associate Professor of Political Science. Absolutely. Yeah, so thank you for uh, for joining us today. We have in studio Erie County Legislator Lynn Dixon, who is running for Erie County Executive. Now, we had Mark Policars on WBN, which really was a, an incredible f- feat. I didn't think that was ever going to happen. Now, we're trying to get uh, Erie County Executive Mark Policars on this program. But one of the things that we did not do is we had Mark Policars and we covered his state of the county address, but we did not get a response from you, uh, Lynn Dixon. First of all, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me, David. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to go through some of the clips of the state of the county address and get your point of view on it. Okay. Does that seem fair? Sounds good. That's fair. All right. So here we go. Here's the first clip from Mark Polnikars, and this is the state of the county address. The Albright Knox has big expansion plans. Previously, Erie County committed $5 million to this expansion, and this year we will release that commitment. This is an investment in not just the gallery, but our community's future. Arts and cultural institutions not only bring visitors and tourists to our region, they improve our quality of life. Another attraction that does just as that is the Buffalo and Erie County Botanical Gardens. The Botanical Gardens are- So I'll just save all the, uh, basically the argument has always been that unless you're a Democrat, you don't care about culture, you don't care about arts, uh, independent Republicans, right of center folks, uh, they hate libraries, they hate museums. Uh, Buffalo is uh, essentially just, you know, open for commerce, manufacturing and pollution. This is what the other side has constantly said of folks like you in your position and the way that you voted uh, on the legislature. I'm trying to look at your voting record. I can't see any time that you've specifically pointed out that you hate art or (laughs) culture or library books. You know, David, there is that um, misconception uh, that we don't support the libraries and the arts. And I will tell you, the very first budget that I voted on as a county legislator was uh, a budget, a proposed budget put forth by then County Executive Chris Collins that did uh, cut some of the cultural institutions and the libraries. That funding was restored by the county legislature. That funding was restored um, by efforts by my colleagues and I that put together an amendment package that uh, restored a lot of that funding. So that thought that that we don't, that you have to be, you have to have a D at the end of your name uh, to 
to support the cultural institutions in our region is is just misguided. Um, many of those I use, many of those I take my family to, many of those um, you know I, I'm proud to support. So that's just not true. But that came early on, and that began the whole spending. Uh, theme of his State of the County address. Yes, it did. And then it started to become uh, open o- open the floodgates. There was a whole lot of uh, of different pieces that were a part of that spending. And, and we'll get on to that in, in a second here. Uh, did you want to ask any questions at all before? I don't want to step on Jacob uh, Nyheisel. The UB mm-hmm. professor must have his time as well. You know, when it comes to those uh, Collins policies, those, those were never meant to be full-time uh, policies. Those weren't meant to uh, you know, this was a permanent cut against the arts. There was a budget crisis at that time. There was an, an issue with spending, uh, and, and it was a matter of we have to make certain cuts, and you decide to, to make temporary cuts, right? At the time, Chris Collins looked at the top, what he uh, perceived to be the top 10 cultural institutions in Erie County uh, to continue funding. And what he had said at that time was he wanted these smaller cultural institutions to leverage private dollars. He wanted them to be active in their fundraising efforts from the private sector in order to get uh, public dollars. And that was what what he stood by at the time. Now, there are some organizations that find it easier to raise private dollars than others and some that need more public uh, help than, than other institutions that provide a great deal of support and, and, um, and, and are very meaningful to the communities where they, where they are. Uh, so that was his idea at that time. And obviously, um, that did not go over well. And we did restore funding uh, cuts to the libraries and to many of those cultural institutions. But it, you know, it stands even to this day. Uh, David Swartz at the Botanical Gardens has done a great job in raising private dollars and continues to do so. Most of his operating budget is privately funded. The, mo- the money that he gets uh, from the county primarily goes to the infrastructure improvements and uh, and expansion of the Botanical Gardens. So that's what uh, he was looking for at the time. And and that's what we always strive for is that there is some private investment as well. Well, let's get to where we're spending all the money here. Uh, here's uh, Erie County Executive Mark Polencars in the State of the County Address. This was on Wednesday uh, at the Art Gallery. Starting next December, we will bring back skiing on the hill at Chestnut Ridge. And to accomplish that, we will reinstall a tow rope that many years ago helped skiers get back up the hill. This is actually something that is a highlight of the entire speech. Now, if you were going to tell me that a county executive was going to list down the things that they want to knock out, you would expect they would be large, major projects that affect most of the county. Is there a clamoring for skiing to return? I mean, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'd love anyone that wants to do recreational whatever, but I mean, if it's between a convention center or skiing at Chestnut Ridge, we're, we're, we're going to get the uh, the scheme. David, as somebody who has walked up that hill many a time, I am grateful for the tow rope to help me get up that hill. Right. No, I'm just, you know, but but I understand what you're saying. I think that, you know, that's a great addition to Chestnut Ridge. Chestnut Ridge is definitely the jewel among the parks in Erie County, uh, and really even more so than, than just Erie County. Uh, but we expect, or at least I expect from the state of the county address, to really um, a vision, like a big picture vision for Erie County, how we're going to, what we're going to do to make the job climate better so that people 
feel that they can come here and stay here? What are we going to do for businesses to encourage them to come here and stay here? Big picture stuff. And I know, and stuff and things that the county executive has some control over. I know last year's centerpiece of his State of the County address uh, was an issue that the county doesn't even have control over. And, you know, so, so anyway, I think the tow rope, it's a great idea, but... But I want to hear the big picture things. And what are you going to do for taxpayers? It, listen, if you win the election and your first state of the county address and you, you know, highlight that Aunt Annie's pretzels coming back to the McKinley Mall, I would I would be the first to goof on that. I just think that there should be a little bit more substance. But anyway, here's that's just nitpicking. Here is uh, more from uh, County Executive on Wednesday. From hundreds of miles of oil and chip roads to major reconstruction projects like East Robinson Road and Goodrich Road to many Many mill and overlay projects across the county. We continue to invest in our road and bridge infrastructure. Well, let's talk about our road and bridge infrastructure because some of these roads that he is uh, referring to, especially in the South Towns, these roads have not, I mean, there are craters in some of these major thoroughfares. It's really hard to argue that, um, that they have been on a regular maintenance cycle. All you have to do is drive around Erie County on the 1,200 county road miles, and you'll, you will see the condition of the county roads. I know he said that he's made a major investment in county roads since taking office, uh, over $400 million in total. But you have to remember, most of those dollars are federal dollars. Uh, they're not county dollars. Every single year, the legislature, we put forth in our amendment package, and we put forth uh, additional funding for roads in every single year he does not spend it yeah what's interesting is uh that <laughs> you're talking about going on about issues that aren't necessarily big picture but are things that basically we all kind of agree with everyone loves roads everyone loves maybe a, a tow rope for the the skis uh but voters you know, this is i guess my value added to the show they don't differentiate between issues that you just talk about and issues that you actually show policy movements on. And so turns out that talking about things is easily conflated in the minds of voters with, oh, they did something about it because they're talking about it. So we're, we're back to the student body president saying they're bringing back chocolate milk. Yeah. You know, it, it comes back in an election year, though. I would just like to have a little bit more substance to what we're, you know, when we're talking, we talked about broad, but we're right. going to get into that too here in a second. There's we're, risk to that substance though, in the sense there is. that it has we're going to be tag. picking it apart. Uh, That's right. It, it has a real price tag and it has a price tag in terms of political capital where you're going to be on the defensive. So. And you have a competent uh, opponent right. who is understands these things because they've been in the legislature yeah. and, and they understand, you know, how things are paid for. It's not like you're running up against, you know, guy from uh, a bicycle shop. No offense right. to people in bicycle shops that run for office, but I'm just saying it's a little different. It's my sideline business. And, <laughs> and the easy thing, honestly, to do is to take an issue that, as you're suggesting, that you really don't have control control over and and beat your chest about it because you can say that I was out there fighting for this knowing that you don't have control at the end of the day uh, as to what the what ultimately happens with that issue. And, and that's really I think a large part of of the burden of an opponent running against an, an incumbent is that we most people, most taxpayers, most voters don't know what is federal funding, what is state funding, what you have no control over. It's like, you know, the property ta uh, cap. Isn't that a great thing? Well, it's a great thing unless you release mandates where you tell people what money must go to the state. That 
pretty much puts a gun to the head of any municipality as as far as how much they can get from their taxes, but neither here nor there. Here is Mark Polencar's on Wednesday State of the County Address. We have Lynn Dixon, his opponent uh, for Erie County Executive. There can be no denial that climate change is real and its effects are being felt here in Erie County. The challenge of our time is to face that fact and do all we can to preserve and protect this planet. While others may reject the concept of climate change, I do not and neither should anyone else. So here's my reason why I chose that is I don't really care what your your point of view is on climate change. But the last part of that is just so intentionally to antagonize another side. If you found that you had a core issue that maybe 40% of the uh, constituents disagreed with, there was a way that he could say, I believe that climate change is an existential threat that we must address. But Policars has to add this last part, which is always, to me, this is the Achilles heel of Mark Policars. Of climate change, I do not, and neither should anyone else. Neither should anyone else. He, you, you can make a statement about what happened at the Erie County, uh, or at the uh, Galleria Mall where you had fighting, but you have to make a statement that we're better than you, and you're out there uh, in Bill's Mafia land, and there's far more people in Orchard Park that are beating each other up than Cheektowaga. It always has to be a have and a have not. It always has to be a, a difference between I believe this and if you disagree with me, you're wrong. It's really not, to me, that's not what a county executive's job to do. I, I don't understand why that, oh, everything, plastic bags, if you disagree, you're on the wrong side of history. It's, it's a level of respect and it's a level of respect that we just don't see that often in, in government anymore at any level. And it, it, again, it speaks to um, understanding where the other side is coming from, respecting their values and their ideals, trying to, un, trying to understand why they feel the way they do so that you can at least have um, you know, an understanding of where they're coming from. You may still not agree with them, but at least you understand that they come from a good place, right? And you can't just say, I'm right, you're wrong, and I'm lecturing to you, and I'm telling you how we're going to do it and how it should be, and and I have all the answers to everything. And you should never be the smartest person in the room or think that you are. Or at least or remind people that you are. <laughs> uh, you want to take a, a, a quick, we're good? All right, we'll keep going. Uh, here's uh, some more audio. This was on Thursday, and this had to do with the broadband $20 million bond uh, that uh, Mark Polenkars put out there. We had him on the program talking about it. I have not talked to Terry or Kim since. I'm sorry, this is about the stadium first, and then we'll get to broadband. Their uh, statements yesterday. Uh, I, I have talked to Kim in the past, and, and the conversations that we had is they were going to sort of wait until the uh, ICON report came out uh, before making any kind of discussions and sharing that report, at least portions of it, with us. Uh, we just have to wait and see what the report is because I think what's important is that uh, whatever happens in the long run, we got to do right. We have a lease until the end of the 2022 season. So it actually expires in 2023. So, we- so here's, first of all, we can go back to the audio where he said nobody's talking about the stadium. No one wants a new stadium. Uh, but here's what we're seeing. Uh, whatever happens with this report that comes out from this company, Icon, that designs stadiums, the one thing we know now is that there are there is far more interest in anything having to do with a stadium than there was with a convention center. That's right. There's only 600 respondents that probably came from a, you know, uh, an email that he sent on his, you know, house list. 
And now we have tens of thousands of people that at least want to have this discussion. And the other piece of it is, you know, uh, what is the, the plan? What, I mean, why are we still investing money into a location in Orchard Park? Um, we've got a book coming out that we can get the in, inside details of what happened here. Uh, what's your whole takeaway on when it comes to the responsibility right now of, if you were in this position right now, going into an election, you're the incumbent, this talk about a stadium comes up. I don't know what you you have to pacify the people of the the people of Orchard Park. This is in their backyard. This is a huge benefit to the people of Orchard Park. Why are we investing money and continuing to talk about all the wonderful things? Pagula's buying more and more real estate out there, and now we're going to go downtown and build a new stadium. So the Pagulas are um, investing their own money to do this study, which will wrap up, I believe, the end of summer or so. And there, there have been over 30,000 responses so far. Uh, I think we, we show them the respect uh, by allowing the survey to be completed first. Having said that, I do think that a stadium is a very important part of any public discussion because chances are, I, I do believe that the Pagulas, there needs to be private investment, but there will likely be some public dollars invested as well. Now, the big question is any discussion, I think, also needs to tie in Orchard Park because you cannot just say, we're going to build a new stadium downtown and then you figure out what happens with the stadium, and that's on you. I, I mean, you you can't do that to the people of Erie County. It's all got to be part of the bigger picture. That actually becomes the largest pothole in Erie County <laughs> once you remove. I mean, seriously, that there's been it's, since 1973 that and we've bought more and more real estate. The Pagulas have put their own money in the practice field, this world class gym, the hundred million dollars they took from taxpayers to expand and to improve. You know, six years on an investment, that's not a very good deal. It was a lot of money put into that stadium for a very short time. And, you know, there are a good number of people around here that that want to keep it in Orchard Park, too, that that the um, that. The value, just the the fun that they've had there, the memories, the traditions that they've established with the uh, tailgating there. You're not going to be able to tailgate uh, no, downtown. No, it's just no, the way no. it is. It's a very different experience. So let's get to broadband uh, and this uh, inf- this this plan to put twenty million dollars into a bond uh, to bring internet and open up the door for five G technology to come to Western New York. We've waited long enough for the uh, internet service providers in our area to provide high speed fiber and internet availability to our entire region. Uh, we have cable in, 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 in a good portion of Erie County, but some of it is very slow. And there are portions of Erie County in the southern part, especially the, 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 the southernmost towns that have no cable access. Uh, Verizon has not and has refused to invest in, in the city of Buffalo and Chicago with Fios. Uh, it's too late. We, we can't wait anymore. We're getting left behind compared to others in the global marketplace and in our country. So I have proposed that the county build the backbone, 360-mile network of high-speed fiber to uh, then allow Internet service providers to do the last Now, to be fair to uh, the county executive, Verizon does not want to go to certain zip codes. That's certainly true. Uh, and But 300 miles, now I, we're focused on border walls, so when I think 300 miles, I think, well, that's at least $8.2 billion, right? But it's not cheap to put cable down. And one of the things that happens when you throw these, you know, lines down, 
you got to rip up whatever roads they're near. And we're talking about the South Towns. We're talking about the same pieces of interstate. Well, I should say the same roads and, and routes that we're now fixing right now. Nobody disputes that the uh, rural communities have been left behind when it comes to access and broadband. And and I am so happy that after eight years, the county executive has finally discovered that there is a rural part of Erie County. That's great. Having said that, I have reached out to some experts in this field. As one gentleman said, this is like a spit in the ocean, $20 million, uh, to to lay this groundwork. Uh, another has said this simply can't be done, that they're waiting for 5G, and that's why you put all this money in now, and it's going to be a waste of money uh, just a few years down the road. Um, I have, you know, I have, I wonder if uh, the county executive has spoken with the town supervisors in these regional, in these uh, rural communities, because it's my understanding that some have been doing the work on their own already with some of the providers to get this work done. And has he spoken with any of the providers about how this is all going to work and the maintenance of it? Once you put something in the ground, you do have to maintain it. So to your point, David, so uh, he's talking about doing all these roads in the rural communities. Again, I'm glad he now knows that there are rural communities in Erie County. He wants to do them this summer. Okay, so you invest millions of dollars in them, and then you're tearing those very same roads up in a few years to lay down this this uh, the broadband, and then you and then you're coming back a few years later to tear it up again uh, to do some of the maintenance work. I mean, it just. The big picture here is $20 million doesn't even begin to tell that story. This is a ton of money to invest uh, in something that might be archaic, to be honest with you, in a few years. You think about when you buy a cell phone, right? And in a couple of years, the charger that you bought with that cell phone doesn't work with anything anymore. Or it doesn't plug into the, the car the way it used to. I mean, this is – they're thinking big picture um, – you know, some of these providers are, which is why I think some of them are holding back. So, but doesn't it, it, isn't something better than nothing though? If you don't have any infrastructure out there, if these folks aren't, have accessibility to internet, at least this gives them something and you can build onto a backbone if you have nothing at all. But are, are you saying right now that you don't believe that 300 miles only cost $20 million? That's correct. There's no way that it does. And I've spoken with people that know a lot more about this than I do for sure. And they said, no way. I mean, this just doesn't even begin to tell the story. So so if we're going to be spending that kind of money, um, what will we really be spending? Because so you can, you can start we, off by saying $20 million, but you, it's not going to be $20 million. Give me just a ballpark of what I they're have, telling you. Uh, like one-fifth, one-third? What, what do we— It was described as a spit in the ocean. A spit in the ocean. Well, that's—in New York State, That's that could be $100 million. <laughs> I mean, that that's—you yeah. know, we, we're, we're talking—and it, it also— it, $20 million for the cable, $20 million to install it, $20 million to maintain it. You know, The maintenance and, and, and then doing the roads on top of the maintenance. What you've already ripped up. And again, I when I first got into the legislature, I represented communities that were more rural parts of Erie County. And I remember being at the North Collins Library. And I remember um, some people sitting in the parking lot there 
doing their work because that's where they could access it. So there's no question that they are underserved and that something needs to be done long term, not just in those communities, but really across the country. But I know that there is technology in the works right now that could address it down the road. That's the voice of Lynn Dixon. She is running for Erie County Executive. We are giving her an opportunity to respond to Mark Polencar's State of the County Address and other issues that he's had this week. We have her live in studio. We've got Dr. Jacob Nyheisel. We're going to take a break. Alan Harris has the news. We'll be back with more Hardline. Welcome back to Hardline. We've got Lynn Dixon in studio. We also have Dr. Jacob Nyheisel from the University of Buffalo, School of Political Science. He's an associate professor out there. Lynn Dixon is running for Erie County Executive. Her opponent gave a state of the county address. His name's Mark Polencars. And one of the things that I want to get to in this next segment is if I went back to the last two state of the county addresses, uh, let's go back last year. The big thing was school consolidation. Number one, my question is, what have you had in front of you, a bill from the county executive that you've had a chance to vote on that had anything to do with school consolidation? And the second thing is, what jurisdiction does the county have over school consolidation? And that's the thing. The last uh, few state of the county addresses uh, we hear is the centerpiece of the address. So often an issue that the county truly has nothing to do with and the county has nothing to do. Now, you can have your personal views and opinions about consolidation, and that's fine. But that's what he was expressing at his state of the county address. So it wasn't some great big policy thing because it's not what the county executive's role is. Uh, so nothing happened. So that was the centerpiece of his state of the county address last year. Nothing really happened as a result of it. He made mention of it again this year. Again, nothing will will come of it because it's really not up to him. And this is this speaks to when you talk about issues that you don't have an impact on that you you can't control and you act as though you can. And then you just kind of put it up there. Now, one thing that wasn't mentioned was helping out taxpayers. That wasn't mentioned at all. Well, the other thing, uh, I'm going to play a little piece of audio of uh, two years ago, what he was talking about, and now we're hearing about it almost on a weekly basis, and that is single-use plastic bags. Back in the roses over there, yeah. a plastic, plastic bag. bag. We didn't put it there. It just floated there on its own, and unfortunately, that's an example of what happens when you talk about pollution and plastic pollution. Assemblymember Ryan is correct. One of the biggest problems that our sewer division has and our Department of Public Works has is the issues associated with plastic pollution in sewer drains. So uh, here's my takeaway here. I'm a little confused as to what the real issue is. One minute we're talking about landfills, how many people put plastic bags in our landfills. Uh, No one is going to run for public office and be pro, you know, landfill. Like, of course, we all want a clean environment. We want clean water. We want clean air. But the argument here is, is it the fact that we're poor stewards and we have too many lazy people that are throwing plastic bags around, or is it the landfill? Because I'm totally confused as to what I can do, but more importantly, what can the county executive do? Why not run on a platform of, I'm against albino deer? You know, what the hell can you do as county executive about albino deer? What is the What have you had to vote on? in the legislature right now that has anything to do with consolidation of schools or plastic bags, which was the central theme of his state of the county two years ago. 
And we haven't voted on on either of those issues. Again, with the school consolidation, that's not even anything that is a county issue. Now, the plastic bags, some counties, I believe, downstate, and I can refer to the expert on this, uh, have have passed that. And it looks, sounds like the state is going to do that. Uh, but again, and, and then it's going to be reflected in it, it, taxpayers are going to pay for it, too, because if they ban the plastic bags, and then you have paper bags, but then you're being charged for the paper bags, and then those, and then the costs are ultimately always passed on to the. Tax. And the other reason why we have plastic bags is because the paper bags were killing trees, and that was the entire movement for the plastic bags. But you can't argue that the plastic bags are causing, you know, too much space in landfills when my bread is wrapped in a place a, a plastic bag. I mean, could you imagine going on an environmental tirade and and banning something like condoms? I mean, the left all wants to talk about, you know, disease and avoiding pregnancy. But now what? I mean, this makes no sense. The entire society is running on plastic. Our garbage bags are made of plastic. You know, now I'm going to take a needle or blood from a hospital. And I'm going to put it in a in a paper bag. No, of course not. I, I think there's some misconception about what actually would be done. And uh, I don't think it's being explained terribly well. You know, you can still use, I think, garbage bags that are plastic. You can but still why? It, What's the argument? I think the argument here is that the plastic bag, we don't think about it because it's effectively free. It's not free. The costs are being passed along to us somewhere. When Wegmans or whomever has a bunch of plastic bags, they're making up for that cost somewhere. They supply them because it's good for their customers to have them, you know, if they forget their bags or whatnot, it's easy. And so they're there to make things easier for their customers. I'm sure we pick up that cost somewhere. Um, but we don't see that necessarily and we don't think about it. And if we don't think about it, it becomes disposable, becomes something that we're not terribly concerned about. And so I think it's just this little thing, maybe not terribly little, but it's this thing to try to make us think about externalities, the cost of, of doing something. But, but I'm just saying in a county where the largest city just got access to their own Main Street seven years ago, to in, in, a, in a place that has all of these issues that are real issues that affect Erie County residents every single day, nobody is setting themselves on fire at the, at the Wrath Building right. that's saying enough with these plastic bags already. These are made up issues that are trying to show some platitude that I'm a national candidate for a county office. We can absolutely talk about priorities. It's not that this isn't a good thing to do. It's that maybe there are other things that could come ahead of it in line. But it is an easy thing to do for the most part. But I'm, ju I'm just saying I, I, I'd, I'd like a county executive that runs for office that talks about nothing but what affects Erie County. And I don't know of anyone that's talking about a convention center. I don't know anyone that's talking about plastic bags. I don't even know anyone that can explain to me the, the school consolidation issue. And the third, th the fourth thing, the one thing that they are talking about, which is a new stadium, he says nobody in the me but the media is talking about it, and he's writing a book about the stadium or the inside of the of the deal. So, Lynn Dixon, my question is, what is your candidate model when you want to be a county executive that talks about county things that affect the actual taxpayers and the citizens of Erie County? We have to get back to the basics, but we also have to have a bigger vision. So talking plastic bags, I don't think is a bigger vision, number one. But back to the basics is taxpayer. Okay, So I heard a state of the county address that spent, 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 and had nothing about saving any kind of money 
for the taxpayer. As a matter of fact, the one and only time the taxpayer was mentioned in the state of the county address, uh, the county executive said with a level of disdain, he said, it's not just taxpayers that live in Erie County. Well, Okay, true, but it is the taxpayer that he will rely on to pay for a number of these things that he's proposing. So let's get back to the basics. Let's get back to um, making it easier to live here, stay here, grow your business here, set up shop here in the first place. I mean, those are the basics. And then let's fix our roads. Let's get back to infrastructure improvements. Let's, let's pay more attention to that because that, they have been neglected for the last several years. Someone just texted in the show and said, why don't we compromise and put the internet in plastic bags and let it fly out to the rural areas? I think that is actually, that's about as good as it's going to get. Lynn Dixon joins us. She's running for county executive. You know, It doesn't get any more basic than the roads we drive to work and to school on uh, when it comes down to, you know, a lot has been made over personality issues. And some people are going to vote for people because they like them. Some people are going to vote for people because they like the visual of the governor and them running around and hijacking Canadian tractor trailers on the on the major thoroughfares. That's all great for the visual. But when it comes down to actually what do you care about? 803-0930 for the Republican line, 644-9875 for the Democratic line. But again, I, I mean, if there was an issue out there that he's touching on and it was like, uh, this is something everyone's talking about. Again, do we want to be in the convention center business? Does Buffalo want to be in the convention? I, I don't even know if there was a top 10 list of things that people ask themselves about schools, you know, health care, the environment, uh, whatever you could think of in Erie County that are issues. I don't think the convention center is on the top 20, let alone the top 10. Well, and that goes back to all the spending. So that would be a half billion dollars, okay? And that's and then you factor in the interest. We're talking $750 billion at a time when conventions are becoming less and less and less. I know that there was a study done probably a decade ago, so this is even more true now, where you had all these communities building these Taj Mahal style convention centers. So you had the New Yorks of the world going after the big conventions, and then you had the mid-sized cities going after the mid-sized conventions. But what happened was a lot of these conventions started to fall along the way. So a lot of the big conventions don't happen anymore. So now the New Yorks are going after the mid-sized conventions because they don't have the large conventions market anymore. So you're spending a, you're spending an awful lot of money, and I, I appreciate that you know restaurants and hotels would, would like to have those, but the truth is, would we get more would we get more conventions as a result and is it worth that investment of almost a billion dollars yeah i honestly don't know i can only speak for my own field we seem to go to san francisco and seattle that that appears to be about it um there's been discussion of going to milwaukee going to a place like buffalo something like that and it, it never seems to 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 rise to the level where they actually do something about it because everyone wants to go to these destination places because conferences are now a kind of vacation for folks as well. They do their work, they do a little bit of play, and, and until Buffalo can build up the other things that allow people to do both things at the same time, I think we're still going to be fighting for, for attention.
attention. So let's let's focus more on making us. I mean, I I think there are a lot of great things that Buffalo has to offer, but let's make it even more of a destination. And secondly, um, because you cannot get a direct flight to Buffalo, that's another turn off uh, for a lot of potential conventions. So let's work on that. Uh, the weather we really can't do anything about, but we can you know celebrate Buffalo in winter and celebrate, of course, Buffalo in summer. Well, you brought up the airport. And uh, this week, there's been a, a, a pretty uh, one of uh, a topic that I honestly I cannot remember a time when you could do a four hour talk show in the city, you know, in Buffalo, Western New York and have, you know, 20 people per half hour calling in, screaming at the top of their lungs. Gay people, uh, homosexuals were texting into the show, calling into the show. No one seems to be upset that an owner of a business, and by the way, it fundamentally destroys the concept of a franchise. You know, the franchise owner really has no control over what a CEO or a founder is doing. But the idea that you could, um, you know, uh, that someone's ideology, their personal finances, what they do with their money, they give it to a cause, you might find that cause repugnant. You might totally believe that uh, marriage is between two... Who cares? The guy's selling a chicken sandwich and it happens to be one of the best tasting chicken sandwiches in the world and people love it. And now we have one politician that gets involved and says, we're better than that. This does not represent the values of Western New York. So, Lynn, what are the values of Western New York? Evidently, casinos are good for the values of Western <laughs> New York. Is, is that what's what the future is here? How can one politician dictate to the airport which is a federal airport, by the way, an Albany politician getting involved in a in the you know basically the jurisdiction of the uh, transportation department, and saying no Chick Fil A. This is the type, uh, you know, why people are leaving New York State. We don't like to be told this is what's good for you. I think if Chick Fil A, um, if they refuse to hire people who are gay, if they refuse to serve people who are gay, if if they did something along those lines, then that argument would be perfectly uh, right. Uh, however, uh, I've never heard that to be true. And whatever a person's personal views are on their personal time and how they choose to spend uh, their money personally, I don't know uh, it should that it should reflect the choices of what restaurants you put in, in an airport. And Dr. Jacob Nyheisel, I know you had kind of no, I mean, on that. there are other things that would change the dynamics here one of that would be uh if there's a, a, a policy in place where they would have to have a non-discrimination clause at the corporate level that would filter down to all the the franchisees if that is something that they require all people in the airport who are selling things to have on the books and chick-fil-a doesn't have that that seems perfectly rational uh that that would be something that would allow them to say, you know what, we reconsidered this, you don't have this, let's let's find somebody else, absolutely. Well, there it turns out that there's a, a group that gives uh, a rating to businesses on how gay-friendly they are, and it turns out that ExxonMobil is a negative 25 on a scale of 0 to 100. Uh, you have other companies like Lowe's and Kohl's and Goodyear. All of these companies have lower ratings than Chick-fil-A does. So if we're going to run around and use some arbitrary scale of who's friendly to whom, I mean, I don't know. But last time I checked, Denny's had an issue with African-Americans a few years ago. They seem to have, you know, bounced back from that. Sometimes repugnant people say repugnant things. 
Um, but I just don't understand why this is an issue now. And by the way, are you implying that the Cheektowaga location didn't get any tax breaks at all? This is the only franchise that didn't get an easement uh, onto a street, didn't get a tax benefit by moving into Cheektowaga. Where was this argument made when Chick-fil-A came to Buffalo before? I think it was the idea that it was a private entity and predominantly private land. You're right, easements are a little bit different, but I think that that might have changed the dynamics of it where if you want to shop there, great. If you don't, that's also fine. Uh, What makes this one more complicated is the fact that this is a, a public entity we're talking about here, and uh, that, that changes the, the well, rules of the game. San Antonio opened uh, the, the exact same thing happened in San Antonio, opened themselves up to a lawsuit by the Texas Attorney General. You're not going to have that problem in New York, but you will have the problem with outside people that are going to sue. Uh, and I, you know, if whether Chick fil A does it or not, to me, it just, it's just, I don't like that form of government. I don't like government coming in saying, I'm better. And you need to be like me because it's a moral. You can't legislate morality. You can't legislate ethics. It's the law is the law. And and this idea that we will be unemployed. Who cares about jobs? Who cares about tax base? But at least we'll feel good about ourselves when we lose two more congressmen in the next census. I think it goes back to, two. you have to value, uh, you have to appreciate where other people are coming from and what their personal beliefs are. And they don't have to align with yours, and that's fine. If they're, if they're not harmful to anybody, then I, you have to you know, appreciate where other people are coming from. And, and not everyone is going to think like you all the time or, or have the same value set, but that doesn't make them evil. And so as we wrap this up and we've got Lynn Dixon in studio, she's running for Erie County executive, uh, your website and your Twitter followers and, and all that is. So I have, um, well, I have Lynn Dixon for County executive is on the Facebook and then I have votelynn.com and it's uh, Lynn with an E. Um, and uh, so we're just, you know, it's it's been great. We've uh, been very busy. We've been getting out a lot and uh, working on getting the message out a lot. And I want to emphasize, too, again, uh, that there was a lot of spending that was proposed this past week, but no proposals on how to pay for it all. And I think that's an important point to make. I also want to mention that I have seen, uh, you know, this county executive against other opponents, and it is usually blood sport. The name of the opponent is brought up. It's attack after attack. I can't. He's not even wanting to get anywhere near you. And that, to me, is a great sign of this is insecurity. This is someone who is sees Lynn Dixon as a real threat. And uh, the idea here is to just let's talk about uh, tow ropes. Let's talk about Internet. Let's bring in a Zeppelin of of candy bars to drop over the people because this is going to hurt. And Lynn Dixon, the internal polls have got to show that this is a a serious race. I'll be out there to get those candy bars, by the way. I'm a (laughs) lover of chocolate. But, you know, I, I mean, I think there are things that I've seen over the course of the years, even and if I could just really quickly, even his fundraiser this this week that came right after his State of the County address. He's been doing that for years, and he always does it either right across the street or right around the corner from where his State of the County address. To me, it mixes politics and government. It's not a good look, and he's done it for years. And in the past, he's kind of always, but I felt felt it was important to point that point out.
So. Well, you know, I, I'll tell you, he uh, he got dinged up for uh, taking parking spots that were handicapped spots. Uh, he came out and he apologized. I thought that was a big move. He didn't normally have to do that. He apologized for occupying all the handicapped spaces while they set up uh, the, the event. But here's the thing. This is a different race than any county executive race that Mark Policars has been. Chris Collins, it was a gladiator event. We're going to kill each other. The Ray Walter thing was just a pummeling that never stopped. And this is pretty much like, what race? I don't have an election. What are you talking about? I've got new roads coming in. Did you, did you mention my roads? Did you mention the internet is now coming for everyone? 5G is going to be here. Who's Lynn Dixon? Well, he does have a race, and I'm in it to win it, and uh, uh, I will be relentless in my work ethic these next several months and beyond, of course. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, I'm 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 going to fight for this one, and and I think he he feels that too. I, I think it's it's quite obvious. Lynn Dixon, uh, vote Lynn is l y n n e dot com, and of course Lynn Dixon for county executive on the Facebook page. Thank you for taking time out of your Sunday. Thank you. Thanks. All right, appreciate that, Lynn Dixon. We'll be back talking more about Chick Fil A. Uh, it's Hardline. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.